Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode six of Spill the Tea with Jimmy C podcast. I'm your host, Jim, and I'd like to welcome a, uh, a, a recent friend of mine. We've not been friends for very long, but we'll explain all that about that as we go along. Um, I'd like to introduce a recent friend of mine and a fellow war zoner, Mr. James Bishman Bishop. How are you, mate? Hello. Thank you for having me. Thank you very much for coming on. Um, when I started putting together the planning for the podcast, I went, I did a bit of a, did a little bit of a cheat, really. And I went through Facebook and I looked at all the people that I had on Facebook and I looked at everybody because I'm a, I'm a business owner like yourself. And I looked through all the different people and I thought, who would be really good to come on? And who would, who, who can I sort of, sounds a, bit of a millennial type thing but who resonates with me with regards to you know uh, what they do and and their sort of mission in life and stuff like that and, and then I thought of you and also we both have the same great name of James <laughs> however I the only person that calls me James is my mother when she's telling me off so uh, welcome to you mate how are you? Are you well? Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah, good. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for inviting me on. That's good, mate. And I, I, no, thank you for coming on, for giving up your time, uh, your busy time doing what you do to, to come on and, and let me talk at you and, and uh, you can talk about what you do and how we know each other. So first part of the podcast, how do we, oh, tell us about yourself and how we know each other. Yeah, well, it's a it's a it's a good point. It's actually um, it's actually really nice to come on because, like you said, we um, it's it's what year and a half, just over a year maybe. Yeah, yeah, about um, so. Yeah, it is. It's relatively new, but it's because of the uh, pandemic and various other things that have gone on. I've been online more than I probably have been in the previous five or six years, mm. um, and so weirdly that that being online, playing a computer game, and just chatting while you're doing it, you, you don't realise that you're getting to know somebody really mm. quite well. Mm. So two, two or three hours of an evening, you know, suddenly you're, you've been invited to that person's life, you know what's going on with their kids, you know, you hear the wife shouting in the background about getting the taters on or whatever it might be. <laughs> that's that's for you. Feel like you, you, get, you get to know people online, which is not something I've ever really done. I've always been highly suspicious of, of mm. meeting people online. I just, mm. just wrong generation for it, I think. Um, it's weird isn't it it is weird and I, and I totally understand what you're saying the fact that meeting other people online gamers I used to laugh about it and years ago yeah. I used to think oh they're gaming they're sitting downstairs in the mum's basement if they're not gaming they're playing Dungeons and Dragons or something stupid like that and and it is it is um, a new concept and um, one of our one of our mutual friends um Chris, Mr. McAvoy, you, you better mm -hmm. be listening because you've subscribed now because I've told you I've showed you how to do it. Um, sort of introduced us, didn't he? Um, well, he introduced us, and Chris and I were talking yeah. about this on the episode that Chris was on. We we sort of all we knew all all of us that are together. So there's there's you and me, uh, Pat, Tell, uh, Restall, Watson, Chris. And Mason, have I left anybody out? No, that's that's everybody, I think, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It is. We we all sort of I knew Chris and you knew Chris 
and you you all knew each other didn't you from we're only right one person removed don't we at any, any one point it's only you know so i knew everybody except for um yourself mason and pat so yeah. you know, mason chris introduced us to um and pat's one of tell's friends i think yeah um but everybody else known for known for years and years because you know um you know paul didn't you pbk do you know paul uh, yes yeah 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 i know yeah, paul I mean, probably so i met paul at like 1920 mm. So that's yeah, I've known him a long time, um, and hit, that's how I met CM. Oh well, I met Paul through uh, Chris. Yeah. Um, just 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 randomly, <clears throat> when Chris and I used to work together over in Durham, um, Paul was driving HDVs, and he said, oh, he said, uh, just gonna pop round and see my mate Paul. He said, um, he's he's currently around in West Durham or wherever it was. Uh, yeah. he, he said, Can, you know, the truck park. I went, truck park sounds a bit seedy. And he went, no, no, he's, he's just around there. So we popped around there and I met him. And, and um, I've only seen a couple of times since, but it's weird. So when some of the guys, so like Juan, when Juan's talking about PBK, I know who he is. And rest of yeah. them as well. I'm like, oh, yeah, I know who he is. And they're like, have we never sort of met before? And well, just Warzone has brought us together as as one one big well, and I think I still would be fairly suspicious of meeting people I had no other connection with. I'd still be a bit, yeah, I'm not going to go and meet somebody who I don't know. But now, I mean, I can't wait for this pandemic to be over and us all meet up and go for a curry or absolutely. You know, and I think we talk about that quite a lot. And I think that, and you're right, and saying that speaking to other people <clears throat> um, is so massive at the moment. And for guys, for, for men to sit around talking together online and talking about life, especially at the moment, is a is a bit of an outlet. And well, yeah. have a grumble. Yeah. I mean, oh, people yeah. get in there, and then you're you're not only grumbling about getting killed all the time, yeah. but grumbling about you know other stuff that might be going on. What's miffed you off that day? And it's a good relief. The last person you want to be grumbling to are the, are the people in your house that. You're trying to keep happy, so right, exactly. And if you're around them all the time because you because we can't go out and do much, it is then harder to to sort of vent off of them where you can you can vent off for other people and go, do you know what? I've had enough. And just just mute you or just ignore you. And, and it's going out shooting shooting some virtual guns and blowing some stuff up and effing and jeffing as much as you want. So. Yeah, we are, we are allowed to swear on this because if we do, I'll just put the explicit bit on the uh, the uh, podcast. So it doesn't it doesn't matter. It comes up first when they people look at the podcast. So, so yeah, so we've so yeah, about, about eighty. Oh God, he's pushing on now. It's quite a while. Yeah, now, it's been a year, but that but that's the thing. See, that leads to adding somebody on Facebook, and then you know you you get in, invited into other bits of their life. So you've seen on Facebook where you know I might be I don't know putting up pictures of my daughter or I might mm. be, you know, you see, you've suddenly been following my business page and then you've been mm. seeing bits I've been doing and it just, you, you do, you get, um, it's, it's, it's almost like marketing because you, mm. you put these things up and you put them out there and then people kind of just get invited into your little world. And, uh, and then you think, Oh yeah, I'd like to have a, you know, get to know that person a bit better, yeah. see what they're doing, learn about Jim's airsoft and, uh, <laughs> and, your health and, and it, you just, you learn this stuff. As you go along, and if you retain that information, people yeah. like Sam really good with people. He remembers yeah. all sorts of stuff that they say. Mason seems to be another one. He asked me about stuff that I might have just mentioned a year ago, and uh, and then he he just comes back yeah. and he says, "Oh, wait, what's going on there?" And, you it, know, you, good people. He is, and and I think, and I said this on when I did the episode with with Sam, CM. I said, um, uh, 
there are different people <clears throat> that you get on with within a within a group of people. You'll all get on really well. Otherwise, we all wouldn't play against each other or with each other. No, that does sound right. Yeah, get removed from the room surreptitiously. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, 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 if you've if you've listened to that I episode, yeah. <laughs> we talked about secret WhatsApp groups and stuff like that. Um, but uh, I, I think that yeah, there are different people that you get on with, and and some of us, you know, we all go on there. We all want to have a dub. Again, for those that haven't listened to episode two, a dub is a win. So we want to go on and have a dub. Um, then we'll go on and we'll all just talk tactics. But then sometimes we'll go on and we'll have a, we'll play absolute shit, but we'll have a good old game, won't we? And we'll have a chat and we'll talk to stuff. And and as Chris said, some of us, you know, people have gone through different trauma issues, uh, suffering with the pandemic, you know, and I think we've all gone on there. We've given, everyone's given a bit of advice to each other. We've had it. And if, if we haven't given advice, then we just had a good old chat and sort of, chew the fat and put the world to rights and then blown up some helicopters and I think exactly exactly and that's what and that's what we can do and, and that's been that's been massive over the last 12 months um to be able to get involved and do that um so how so how, you said you've known how long have you known Chris for then so that's a, another long it's a long long time um so I we it, again it was so when I was friends with um, PBK it mm -hmm. must have been early twenties maybe twenty three twenty four Chris was driving around in a little so long long time ago yeah I mean you, you're talking pushing twenty years and I, although I've never been you know amazingly great close friends with Chris CM we we just we see each other quite often mm -hmm. we'd be on out we'd be um, you know meeting up at various places we'd be to do in Warzone. The other thing we ended up with was both with a, um, we, we started biking. Yep. So, you know, we're in various different WhatsApp rooms together. We're in the car room, we're in the bike room. Yeah. You know, and we, we, we've met up a couple of times, just me and Chris have gone for rides. And, yeah. And we've been, you know, we the May Day run every year. And, yeah. yeah so, so me and Chris have been, you know, just, it, weirdly, just sort of friends in common. And, yeah, uh, yeah just wound up being mates. Is that how you became friends with all the other guys as well? Just, or just through association. Like I um, I worked at Tesco from uh, well, just before sixteen. So as soon as I got my national insurance card, I went off and worked at Tesco. And Juan was on the checkouts. Um, so I've known Juan. We, I mean, we've been you know good mates since since then. So yeah. that's going on twenty five years. That one really wow. Um, yeah. And so he became mates with um, yeah, like Restall and Tell and Watson and all those. And they were like own little group. Um, and so I've known them by extension for, again, another, it's got to be a good 15 years, something like that. Oh, nice. It's, it's, it's mad. Yeah, it's mad when you find, when you when you look back on time. I mean, when Chris and I did it the other day, when we were doing the podcast, <laughs> I think we've been friends for 12, 13 years, and it's gone by in a flash. And yeah. actually... The amount of things that we know about each other, and and even with the rest of you guys as well, yeah, it's been a year or year or so, but it feels like a lot longer because you just talk to each other about everything. And we've got WhatsApp groups which 
Watson is not allowed to share stuff in because we never, we always know not to open these videos because we I've don't. Watson's videos. Yeah, um, but but again, with the WhatsApp groups, even if we're not online, we're all we're all in contact with each other all the time, and we're sharing stuff and talking about stuff, and 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 it, and it is very, it is really really good to have because you can it, it's the extension of friends, and we're both. Are you you're originally? Are you originally South London? Or are you? Mate, I've lived, uh, so I'm Orpington at the moment, and I live maybe a mile and a half from where I was born, and um, about two miles from the house I grew up in. So, yeah, I've gone anywhere. And we're, we're both London boys. I was born South London as well. I was born in King's College. So, yeah. that's in, what is that? Yeah. Uh, Lambeth, I think it is. But lived in um, North London until five six years ago and at this moment in time we're probably 150 miles from each other maybe yeah. more and we're able to do this um and again with as i said on the one with chris the other day most of you all live sort of in and around london i live here in norfolk and pat lives up in leicester way or wherever it is so yeah. we're all talking from around all over the place and yeah i think it'll be great when we can all get together which hopefully will be very very soon now we're pushing to the end of april beginning of may um mm. we can then you know we can all get together and and you know extend it carry on with warzone because warzone is such a massive part especially people like pat pat if you're listening you were like the king of the amount of time you've put into warzone i'm surprised you've not got a medal for it yet um but you know every night every other night um we're on there because we've got into this habit now of, of that's our sort of thing that we do. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's, it's mad. It's mad. Um, I've got a quick fire question for you. So what is your favorite? And if you don't, if you don't eat from there, it's fine. You can choose somewhere else. What is your favorite Nando's order or favorite takeaway? Yeah. Nando's. So the, uh, yeah, we do like a Nando's. Um, so me and the missus have the old meal platter. But we have to get it. It's I'm only allowed to have it medium hot. So, uh, well, because she we doesn't, and then she, I get the extra hot sauce, which is nice. She doesn't like any hot. Um, that's that's the part <laughs> she'll go. If you had to, um, um, but you yeah, had, no, I'm a pizza man. I like stone baked yeah. pizza. I nice. just I'm with Italian in the past life. I, I would just eat the stuff until yeah, nice. I. It's it's one of the only things as well that I can just keep eating. I I like just a whole pizza will go. And mm. it's the only time I really just totally overdo it. Mm. Pizza is just, that's my favourite. I'm a man after, you know, you're a man after my own heart. I love pizza. I love, especially like the stone-based, stone-baked ones. The ones that, yeah. you know, when they're a little black bit black, a little bit yeah. black on the bottom, people go, you can't have that because it's, what's it? Um, my missus was saying it the other day. It's not decarbonated. It's, um, Oh, I can't, there's a phrasing for it when it goes black and they go, oh, you can't eat that because it's bad for you. I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't really care. It's part of the flavour, mate. It's part of the flavour. Exactly, exactly. And uh, yeah, I love a bit of pizza. So yeah, it's the same with myself. And, and interestingly enough, I've asked that same question now to five people. And apart from yourself, and I was actually debating taking it off as one of my quickfire questions, you're the only person that's gone, yeah, I love Nando's. Everybody else. Well, to be honest, you'll find that anyone who had kids of a certain age at the time Nando's became big 
that was the place to go. So yeah. we had uh, our eldest, who's 22 now. She um, she absolutely loved Nando's. So at, at kind of nine, 10 years old, I think, mm. is, is when it, it became big. She would go off and get all the drinks. Then she'd get the sauces. You know, it was just part of the, uh, that was that was what we did. So she loved Nando's. And we'd go down there and spend an absolute fortune. because. Uh, and it's a good, when, it, when it's open, it's a, it's a kid-friendly place. You know, you can go, yeah. you can see it. They'll give the kids colouring to do and... And we loved it. We love it with ours, and we're looking forward to when we can go back to the one in Kings Lynn because um, that's huge. It's perfect with kids because, like, even so, our youngest is two and a half, and if she's chucking potato around, it's all right. It's Nando's, like, it's, yeah. it's you're not sitting in a, a Michelin-starred restaurant or anything, trying to keep her under control. So, yes, yeah, yeah, great place to go. So, so, your youngest is two and a half, and your eldest is twenty-two. You, you don't look old enough, mate. Well, thank you very much, man. But no. I've, uh... <laughs> Send me the fiver in the post. <laughs> <laughs> so I've been with Charlie for uh, it's fifteen years. In fact, next month. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was she uh, the the eldest one was six when I came along. Right. Um, and uh, so she's just yeah. So she's just been part of my life ever since. Um, so you know, life life revolved around her. But mm. was just, just never ready to really have one. And then I was the one who got the itch about. Yeah. Well, so it's got to be. Four, four or five years ago, I started getting really like, uh, like I don't know what happened. My biological clock started ticking. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we've got to have another one, especially yeah. if she turns out as nice as, as, as our first one did. Yeah, you know, we, we've we've got to do it. And I, you know, I just I desperately wanted one. And uh, yeah, two or three years after that, she came along. But, um, yeah, it, it, all, it all dovetailed very nicely. Looking back mm. on it, the, um, the, this pandemic weirdly because we were having a baby and we planned it and we, we knew what we were doing my whole life was geared towards being at home so i so for years and years i was in finance up in london and uh so i've been in banking for years and years um and i i i actually got made redundant from the first place i worked right. at northern rock so i was, yeah. I was there yeah. managing the first one on a bank in the last hundred years you know people shouting give me my money back yeah. up in central london yeah so yeah. that I, I was made redundant at that point, and that's when I started my first business. Because wh- when that had all happened, it took me. So the the run on the bank was September two thousand and seven. I wasn't made redundant until April two thousand and ten. Um, so I was under threat of redundancy for sort of two and a half years. Mm. Uh, yeah, two and a half years. And I, I, to be honest, I didn't realise what and what an effect that had until it had actually it was all over and I was actually made redundant because at that point didn't want anything to do with banking again I was mm. like that's I'll go and do something completely different um so I went off and opened a shop over in Eltham and uh but I got back into banking again when uh, an old boss of mine phoned me up and said I've you know I've, I've got this position at Harrods Bank I, I need someone mm. can you do this job for me because you know if it goes well this is going to be really cool mm. so I um I grabbed that opportunity because when you you go self-employed it's kind of it's kind of new and it's big and even though i've been doing it for sort of five years i was still wanting to keep a toe in but you know the the thing that earned me money for all those years mm. and you kind of never relax when you're self-employed so i, I quite fancied the idea of going back to working but when we decided we were going to have josie it i didn't want to be working in london anymore mm. i didn't want to be you know because it is you start at half six in the morning you know you don't get home until half seven at night it's fine when you're, you know, you've you've got an older one who's then by that point just mm. preparing to go to university and shouldn't need you. Um, that that's great. But if you've got a baby at home, 
I wanted to be there for all of it. Yeah. So weirdly, I've, I've got my whole life positioned to to be at home, to be you know working from here, mm. totally self sufficient. Didn't mm. didn't you know no risk of redundancy or anything like that. And then we got pandemic, so then you had to stay home all the time anyway. <laughs> uh, yeah, here we are. It was, it was just the most fortuitous situation, and things like um, I mean, just this you know things like. When we, we actually came up to the point where we were, we were planning to have a baby, what, what do we do about the mortgage? Because I was doing quite well at work and we decided what we were going to do is aggressively pay off where we lived. We weren't going to go for the bigger house or anything like that. We managed to pay off our mortgage on March the 12th. And then I think we were locked down on March the 20th. Wow. At which point my income took a dive. And yeah. I was like, my God, if, I, if we'd have taken on a bigger house at that point, yeah. It, it, it would have been a whole other story. Pandemic would that's have gone bad. totally different for us. So yeah, it was well lucky. Oh, well that's lucky. that's and and I, I, from you were saying a few points you were saying about you were saying oh um, about working for yourself, starting up your own business, you know, being self-employed, thinking where's you know yeah. where's the money going to come from? Well, I, my business has been running for what ten years, eleven years, and it wasn't until. 2015 2016 that I stopped any other work and then went self-employed I've always been I've been self-employed since 2011 I think it was um sounds like I'm justifying myself to tax money um since 2011 but then I went I was I was sort of doing our business in the background and doing other jobs at the same time and then when uh, full time for the business, was, but was still self-employed until about oh, a couple of years ago now. And we we worked really hard to get ourselves to the point where we could all be salaried, um, even though it was only the low level, the lowest level uh, of salary. Um, and because obviously we're the last ones when you run a business, you run your own business, you got to pay all your bills and you pay everything else. And if you got staff, you pay your staff, and you pay yourself last. And if there's any money, you can pay yourself last. And we were getting to that point, but it is, it does, it does panic. It does panic. It's all about taking that risk. And so many people, it's worked really well, really well for me and for us. And and it's, I mean, my missus is my, Michaela. My wife is still employed. She's employed by the company, but um, I'm now the MD of the company. So technically I'm the last one, even behind the other directors to, to get paid. However, yeah. mum and dad, my parents are the other two directors and because they've got other income from my dad's got another business um, and he has a pension from when he was in the police as well. You know, it, it, it all sort of works out. Actually they go, you know, we are, you know, we haven't gone any months for a long time where touch wood, where um, there's not been funds to pay wages. However, mm. I think they're that good where because they own their house you know they're they're, they're mortgage free etc they would say do you know what we make sure that you're paid before we are if there's any issue because we, we we can last a bit longer however they recognize that they've we've got three kids and a house to pay for and all this sort of stuff so and it works it swings and roundabouts and i think that's one of the things that i'm where i'm working really hard to get the business generating more money so that when they do retire if we ha we're going to have to bring more people in to Michaela and I are looking ahead to bring more people in to backfill for what they do. I'm going to be at the end of the end of the list 
and she's probably going to be one step in front of me. So we're going to have to make sure that there's an, and it is, and it is a scary thought. I was talking to um, uh, a friend of mine. I did one of my other episodes with Shona and she's saying that again, again, you're stepping out of in a nine to five job, you're paid salary. It's all comfortable. You get your sick pay, you get your holiday pay. If the business doesn't do very well, well, then that's not your problem because it, it's they'll either make you redundant, in which case they'll pay you off and you can go to another job. And But ultimately, when you work for other people, um, rather than running your own business, you're lining other people's pockets than your own. And it's oh, that... It's a completely different mindset. Completely mm. different. You, um, if you, you know, if you don't feel great, you don't go to work if you work for somebody no, else. Exactly. You know, if you, if you're self-employed, you will be sitting there at midnight still, you know, trying to figure something out on your website. Or Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's all about that work-life balance. And I think that, you, and you can, you can do it. You know, as you say, you've set your business up. You've set your life up to be able to accommodate for your daughter, your then, youngest. Then as much time as possible with her, yeah. Exactly. And then when they're asleep, you, you can go into your man shed slash office and do some work he says in abbreviated commas because I do I come down here do lots yeah, of work yeah so Charlie if you are listening he's lying because when he comes down he isn't he's playing Warzone with us lot but however in your in defense all of a sudden and we know so those who are those sitting out there listening who play Warzone Bish I call him Bish Bish is the only one of very few people I know who uses a keyboard and a mouse on a PlayStation now yeah, PC users CM has a PC and a PlayStation because he's he's posh. He uses his controller on his PC. And I, I hope for this, other people sitting there listening, thinking, God, this is carnage. Xboxes, if you're listening, don't even get in this conversation because you're well out there. You don't listen to our WhatsApp groups or our party chat conversation because we absolutely slate Xbox players. Um, but they're all welcome to listen to this podcast. Eh? Um, uh but but yeah, you're you're we we will hear all of a sudden the background exactly exactly all of a sudden in the background we'll hear this. I'm like, bish, what are you doing? Oh, I've died. I've already died. So I'm just sending. I'm just sending some emails, doing some work. So yeah, yeah. Or some cards or yeah. <laughs> up the other end of the office. So tell us about your. You sort of touched on it a bit already. Tell us about your business. What do you do? Tell us about your business. Oh, yeah, so that was so. Yeah, I opened a card shop back in uh, 2010, and uh, it was a. It was a. I, weirdly, I, don't, I honestly don't know where that came from. I just fancied one of these really nice little gift shops, and uh, you know, it was all white and filled with you know lovely smelling things, loads of different greetings cards. It was it was a really cool little shop, and uh, I, so what happened with that is that it was only it was only a small shop. It was probably what twice the size of this office if mm -hmm. it wasn't wasn't very big um which meant that i didn't always have everything that everybody needed so they'd come in and they'd say oh have you got any uh, you know 40th anniversary cards i've got any 40th anniversary cards i've got birth or birthday you know that's that's what i've got um so i after about six months and having uh, you know I'm, i've always been uh, pretty computer literate and and uh, one of my a-levels was design so i was quite happy designing somebody i'd got myself a, a nice little printer that could handle some thicker card stock and uh, and i'd print people cards out from mm. you know when and ask for something and i'd, I'd do it and i'd print it out and uh, and i do you know i can't even remember remember what made me do it but i started selling a couple of them on ebay 
and, and we're still talking maybe only six to eight months into the business mm. um within within the first year that ebay business was turning over more money than the shop was and oh, that yeah. shop i was in there six days a week nine to five because I, I had no staff, I didn't have any money. I just set up a shop with you know whatever redundancy yeah. I managed to put out more than rock, which wasn't that much. No. Um, and I invested it all in this shop, and it was you know it was great. It turned a profit almost straight away, but not very much. No. Um, it, was, it was there. It was it was sort of washing its own face, and but within eighteen months, I was I was like, well, what am I doing? Why am yeah. I here? Opening the shops, and, and it. I don't know why I didn't realise it'd be me working in that shop nine hours a day, six days a week. <laughs> it wasn't there. You know, I, I didn't have a single day off in 18 months. I was there every single day. Um, and I just realized that I could do the car business from home mm. and I'd have no outgoings whatsoever. Mm. Um, and I, I just thought, right, I'll go and do that. And, and that's exactly what I did. I sat there um, just selling cards on eBay, printing them out. Um, but I started off all personalized, mm. all personalized cards. Um, within a year or so, I'd made my own website and I was selling personalized cards again um i mean at the time i was so new to all this i was looking back on it now i was doing some such dodgy stuff you know someone would message me and say well have you got uh have you got a sonic the hedgehog card and i go yeah yeah, yeah. and I'd, I'd grab a picture off google and I'd, <laughs> it I'd, I'd list it on ebay you know just completely illegal yeah. and i had no idea i literally had no idea i hadn't looked into this stuff and it wasn't um after a couple of years things started my cards would get you know, nobbled on eBay. eBay would take them down and send me a, a DMCA copyright notice and say, well, your cards got taken down. And I was like, well, what, what did I do wrong? And I'd have a look and everybody else would be selling them. I was like, well, what have I? What? Mm. And it's when you start looking into it, you're like, oh, yeah, you mm. can't do it. intellectual property. You're treading on all kinds of toes. I had trademarks in them. So I was, I was doing quite well. And then I had to just say, right, okay, I'm, I'm not allowed to do that. I didn't realize, but I had to stop because it was put in my eBay account in jeopardy. You know, they, they'd eventually bang you if you keep selling this stuff, because it's, it's like counterfeit, it's like knockoff stuff. Yeah. Um, but if so you don't know, I, I but if you it. don't know, you don't know, do you? So, well, my, well, my, yeah, I mean, I was not, it wasn't my background. I, wasn't, I hadn't been in retail since Tesco, which was, you know, 15 to 19 years old. So I had no idea what I was doing. It yeah. was all complete. I, mean, I, didn't, I didn't know what I was doing when I opened the shop. I had no idea. Never run an online business. Just, nah. just complete experimentation. Um, but at that point, I realised, right, I've got to stop doing that. And I had to unlist everything um, because it, it was pretty much all dodgy. I'd done a few cards that were, you know, just straight out of my own brain. Um, but even even with those, you know, I'd used things like uh, there was a big thing on Lolcats at the time. Um, and, but I've had pictures, but they weren't my pictures, um, you know, so you couldn't, ah. you weren't allowed to use them. Um, so I had to start again and I had to start a business at that point, kind of basically from scratch, except for the fact that I'd already got the skills. I'd got the design skills. I knew mm. how to print. The, I had the business in place. I had the Franken machine, mm -hmm. you know, the envelope, everything was ready to go. But I had to then sit and spend a couple of months designing, you know, like a hundred cards of my own and deciding what, what direction this business was going to go. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I decided to just make funny ones, just, just funny cards. Cause they seemed to be the ones that were going. And still at this point, I was on personalized um, and was for another couple of years. Uh, and then eventually I found out that it's, although the personalized, from the point of view that would people like a personalized card? Yeah, they'd love it to yeah. have your name on it. The majority of people will simply log on, find a card that's funny and buy it. And you're not, you're not, you can't scale up the personalized ones because there's only you there. 
and you'd have to type the name on and make sure it was on there and um short spending you know hundreds of thousands of pounds on developing your own software like Moonpig or yeah. that with previews and all that it was very difficult to scale that business up mm. um so i eventually switched to cards that were just generic just kind of you know a thank you card or a happy birthday card mm. but just with a joke on just with a joke funny picture something like that um and it was only maybe two or three years ago i switched off the personalized stuff completely and now i just in bulk um few different sales channels now my cards are up on thoughtful uh, amazon amazon was the big one that really pushed my business forward mm. had no idea just how much people mm. would you know buy through amazon and amazon now as well will fulfill them for me so i oh, will brilliant. get you know, 500 cards send them all off to amazon yeah and they do it all oh super. Which, is, which is just amazing so the actual amount of work that i now have to do here is is very little you know i have piles of envelopes you know buy the cards in bulk I don't even print them anymore. I have them kind of all, all done and printed. Oh, okay, and yeah, yeah. Um, and then I just box them up and, and send them off. And I still do a few. Um, the ones it, it's it's amazing. It's the it's the top kind of twenty designs do eighty percent of my business, mm-hmm. and then the remaining four hundred designs mm-hmm. just do that extra twenty percent that you know keeps Josie in new shoes and uh, and swimming lessons and stuff. Well, there you go. And I so think if I you do a little bit here, but if you can do it where if you can get your business and that's, 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 that's brilliant. I love to hear stories like that because where it's worked, because if you can get your business, it's really crucial. And I've, I've found this a lot recently and, and with my business, it's, there's still loads of different avenues that we can go down to, to get it to go. But if you can get it to that almost baseline of your, you're putting work in, you can make it work around you. You're still getting the money back, plus you're still getting pro- profit back because we all go into business to make. We've got to make money, otherwise you can't live. Mm-hmm. And you enjoy what you do. And you know, for those you know, those in the podcast won't be able to see this unless you watch um, when we do a YouTube thing or a video later. In the back of um, Bishy's picture, he's got his PlayStation in the background where he joins on with the Mighty Warzone squad. He's got a TV and everything. And it, it is, he's showing us now. And it, it's just, if you've got that, you know, you're you're making it work for you um, and you're able to supply your product out to your clients. And that's what they want. And I buy, I, I buy Bishy's cards. I bought them. Uh, me and the kids yeah. came on for Mother's Day and bought them for for my wife. They all chose their own. I think the funniest one was my my youngest daughter was looking, and um, there's one on there that says, uh, "Was it oh, Olive You?" Oh, Olivia. Yeah. Uh, Olive You. And and her, and her daughter, my daughter, my youngest daughter is called Olivia, but we call her Olive as a nice. nickname. So she saw that straight away and went, "Dad, I can't get that for Mum." Um, I've I've bought a few for other people, um, you know, and I think that it's I like if I can support other people who are in business, but also friends as well because we are friends. Um, then I find I find it brilliant. Small business owners should stick together, uh, you know. And it's not cussing people like Amazon or, or Moonpig because I've I've bought of Moonpig before. You know, but if if small businesses can stick together then and supply each other with work, it makes the world revolve better. And and also, support, man. you were saying about Amazon stuff like that. Yeah, I've I I buy from Amazon. I've, I'm surprised I'm not a platinum member over the uh, pandemic. The amount of 
shit that I bought from Amazon. But it's yeah, just so, yeah. and you're right because it's so oh, easy. Andy. So easy, mate. Yeah, you just, and they, do it, and they get people my cards quicker than I could. Like, so really? if, I, if I get an order in, I could first class it, and it might be there tomorrow. It might be there the next day. Amazon Prime it, and it's there, guaranteed that evening, possibly if you, that's what happened. Really Absolutely. And uh, well, I will say though, you surprised me a couple of times because I've ordered some, and then I've ordered them the day before, and they've rocked up the following day. I'm like. Shit! Did yeah, you come? Did you did you come? Did you come from Orpington and post them in my post box in Norfolk, especially? <laughs> yeah. Well, I was just outside your house anyway, mate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and and you've also written a book. Oh, that was the other thing. So the um, well, that pandemic. So I, although it's an internet business, so I should have been pretty pandemic proof, really, because people are mm. still going to buy low value items online. Um, what happened was Amazon. Um, shut down the supply of non-essential items so they wouldn't mm. let me restock cards until they were completely out and then they'd only let me sort of send in 25 mm. and they would sell and I wouldn't be able to so it it didn't you know my business didn't tank but it it went down and mm. so I was doing that um, and so began, this pandemic came and I so I had this thought to do this book just for Josie because I this mm. our youngest and she she cottoned on to reading from ridiculously young mm. she's just she was into books um from like before she could crawl really she would she would pick up books look at the pictures turn the pages and mm. she loved it. I, I kind of wanted to to make her a book and uh and so at about six months old I was going to buy um so I, I guess which bike was it oh I was going to buy I, I bought a little kind of Husqvarna it's like a little kind of street scrambler type yeah. bike and I was in the showroom and she'd come with us. We were at a day at the beach down in Brighton and we'd popped into this Husqvarna dealer um, because I'd seen these bikes and they looked amazing. Mm. I, was at the, uh, I was at the bike show with Chris and, uh, and another mate of ours, Andy, and we'd seen these bikes and they, they were just stunning. They looked nothing like anything, anything else. If you mm. want to go to the Husqvarna Spark Pillen, 401 it was. Um, so we went up there and, uh, and she, was just, she just had an amazing time. We were sitting mm. her on all the bikes. And there's this picture of me holding her on the on the bike, and it's it's very similar to the the picture on the front of the book. Right. And, okay. Uh, yeah. And so this 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 little seed was sown there, and uh, and I decided I I wanted to make her a book, um, and I wanted it to be good. And my design skills are not bad. So you've seen the cards. That's all. Yeah. They're all. You know, I draw all this, so it's I, I'm not bad at it. But when it came to doing a book, I it it was way beyond anything. I you know I'm not an artist. I'm possibly a graphic designer mm -hmm. but but not you know amazing at it um but you know i can convey a joke with you know pictures that are already yeah. available whacking a couple of eyes on some raisins you know whatever yeah. it might be i do a bit of graphic design but i wasn't an artist and uh i we, we've got another friend who we know through pvk called steve coles who is an artist so but he's really good at like really good it's his mm. job he works he works for a, a design agency and um, some of his pictures are just, I mean, he's, he's a proper artist. And he, I texted him and said, can you recommend me anyone to do this? It's just a little project, you know, um, I, you know, I need an artist, but, you know, obviously I'm, I don't want to spend a ridiculous amount because it's just a little book for Joseph. Anyway, he's, he decided that he, because it's pandemic, mm. he said, I'm, I'm at a kind of a loose end here. If you want, if you want me to do the pictures, I will, and I'll not. I'll knock my rate right down for you, which he did because he would usually charge people charge for an illustration in a book 
Um, so like one page set all up with the PDF ready for printing can be anything up to a thousand pounds per page. Wow. Which if you're making a little wow. gift for your kid, it's not, it's not going to happen. That's that. Yeah. Do, I, do you know what? I was always expensive. No, nor did I. And, and, and well, it makes me wonder that because I, I read the kid story. Well, my youngest, definitely. I read to pretty much every night and hmm. There's quite a lot of illustrations in the book. I mean, they're, they're you know, they're, it's, um, I think I'm reading her a David Williams one at the moment. But, yeah. uh, and we've just finished reading all the um, ones by Tom Fletcher for Guy Was in McFly. He made yeah. loads of books as well. But the some of the pages, you know, they're, they're what? What are they? A5, those books, I think. Are they? Yeah. 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 And they've got all illustrations inside. And wow. That's... Oh, I dread to think how much they pay for those illustrations, but they know they're going to sell loads. So then yeah. it's either the publisher who commissions the, the illustrations mm. or the illustrator will actually write the book and just do them. You yeah. know, someone with that much talent will do them themselves. Mm. Or you have to know that you've, you've got a publisher on board and you're ready to go to, to be able to hire yeah. a proper a proper illustrator for these things. Yeah. But anyway, so he, uh, he decided to do it a lot cheaper for me. Um, I won't out him and say how much, but it, um, <laughs> but honestly, mate, from the word go, he, I can't, I can't remember what page we did first. I think it wasn't the front cover. No, we did page, page one of the book. Right. And I had the, the book got written within 30 seconds. I literally wrote, I said, All right, I'm going to write this book. I'm going to do it. I've got Steve on board. I wrote, I wrote this verse, and it's only like a, a 10 line verse, I think, something like that. It might be slightly, it might be a 20 line verse. So it's a couple of lines per page. Mm -hmm. um, and it just it just came straight out. Mm -hmm. And uh, and then I started, he said to, I said, what do you need? A brief, a A4 kind of piece of paper with suggested pictures, what you want the bike to look like, mm -hmm. um, what, what you want this illustration of. Um, mm -hmm. So I, I did him this brief. I had in my mind what I wanted. Yeah. I, I briefed him out. And what he came back with was unbelievable. It was exactly, it's like he'd ripped the picture out of my head. And his illustrations were so good. You know, mm, so, they are. They are really good. What, what you end up with is, is this thing that you go, well, that just looks like a proper book. Mm. It, it's like the cards turn out. It's like, yeah. that, that's a proper card. Like I'd just buy it in a shop. It's amazing. Um, but yeah, so he, uh, he did that. But obviously at this point, I'd invested quite a lot of money in it. And when when we started to see how well this was going to turn out i thought you know i might just must just go all in here mm. because after having outlaid a load on the illustrations and mm. getting a couple of ups done i might as well order you know a thousand copies just to mm. see if i could sell them i'd already got the online sales channels and stuff so um yeah i got them printed i just i you know found a chinese company to do them nice and cheap because yeah. You know, I, I tried I tried to go British because it would have been a quicker turnaround and stuff, but the, the cost was unbelievable. Um, mm. I think I was looking at paying sort of three or four quid a book to get them printed and then looking to knock them out at kind of five or six pounds each, which, you know, it's less profit than is in a greetings card, which just wasn't wasn't mm. going to work out. And this Chinese company, I think they came in at less than less than a dollar a book, I think. Wow. That, dollar you know, a book. I didn't want to order the Chinese at the time. We just had a pandemic kick off. Yeah. And I was like, why is China really money? What's going on there? But, <laughs> I mean, it, it, you know, capitalism's just one of those things that gets you, unfortunately. And uh, yeah, I, uh, so I ordered them. And, uh, and so, and at first it, it was quite difficult. I didn't realise, you know, you publishing a book's quite a big thing. So there was all yeah. sorts of stuff to find out. And 
And it's only in the last two weeks, I think, that I've managed to get my buy box on Amazon all ready to go. So I'm, I'm about to start pushing that for Father's Day really quite, really quite heavily. Get some paid ads going and uh, there you go. Yeah, see if I can tell you. But I mean, the, the other thing that happened was I, I submitted to Amazon the um, a PDF version for Kindle and for yeah. self-printing. Um, and Amazon then print them out to order and send them out to people. So you didn't, I didn't even need to order the thousand books. I didn't find out this till later. But now I've got a paperback version and the board yeah. book version. Um, but the other good thing about that is they're now selling in the States. Oh, um, brilliant. That's the one that I sell mm. two, three, four a day, just mm. every day to, to people in America. And I don't have to get them printed. Um, and you make a few dollars from each one. So it's been, uh, it's been amazing so far already. And what's um, the, uh, just for everyone listening, what's the title of the book? So this is My Daddy Rides a Motorbike. Got the video on. There you go. It He's holding it my, my Daddy Rides a Motorbike. And there's a lovely, lovely pictures on the front. Of... That was the picture. Yeah, that was the uh, that was the photograph. Almost almost exactly. I'll have to whack it mm. on social media, actually. The, the yeah. And, and you can, so, so just for everyone listening, you, if they want to get hold of a copy of this book, where can they get it from? I know you probably oh, yeah, already please, please order it from Amazon because that way I don't have to send it out. <laughs> you can get them from Waterstones, but I have to supply them to Waterstones yeah. and then they, they send them out. And it costs like a ridiculous amount of money. I think you end up paying like a tenner for the book. Mm -hmm. uh, but Amazon will do, you know, you can order it now and get it tomorrow. Can you can you buy it through your website? You can buy it through my website, yeah. What's your um, website? www.thatcardshop.co.uk There we go. So everyone listening, go on there. Have a look at all the excellent cards that are on there and i you know when i when i looked through it with my kids we we sat for probably nearly an hour looking at different ones well yeah. i sat i sat with the younger two the oldest one went the oldest one went yeah that, that's fine just chose one but but yeah there's some really good ones to look through and um it's it's really nice quality that you provide me and i i, I do like them and and I, if i can i try and use you for my my cards Oh, nice. yeah, that's you're getting them professionally printed as well see yeah. i've got a fucking great printer behind me you can see it so that's a yeah, yeah. that's a xerox phaser so i mean that's that's kind of seven eight grand's worth of printer i think when i first yeah. got it so it prints them really nicely yeah. but what the um, what these printing companies can do is they do a uv coating which gives right. you the the glossy sheen on the outside uh, okay not, not something i can do here so it's a, it's a ten thousand pound machine that you you know you run the cards through afterwards and it coats them in like a like it's almost like a clear pva mm. just to, just to give it that sheen and it's uh it's not something i can do here so mine are, are, whilst they're very nice they're not they're not this kind of glossy you know really mm. nice quality finish um so yeah so now i'm getting them printed elsewhere they're very there you go very, yeah they shock me sometimes i'm like oh that's good that's turned out really well <laughs> well that's the thing as well why i think it's, it's it's outsourcing isn't it i found over the many years of our business that of my business that when you start up you do everything yourself as you said yeah. when you started your card job you were the only one working because you you were the only you only had money for you and and you have money for other staff and you you you, you go and do it and you, you do everything yourself so you set it up yourself and you set up your own website because everybody has a website set up your own website you do bits online you pay for this yourself we did it we did our own accounts or so we got we belinda my mum who is the finance director did the financial side of it um we did our own website we we bought cheap 
email addresses. You know, we did we got our insurance through compare the market or whatever it was. And yeah. over time, you get to meet other people, and also you get to find, you know, so you got your illustrator contact, you've got the people who print your cards with the the different gloss. You got your outsourcing, you book the fact you can do it from Amazon, or you can you you went to the company, the Chinese company, and over time you find those different outsourcing methods, and then you get to the point where you're like, well, to a certain extent, I've just got to turn up in the morning and just do a bit of work and send a few emails. Yeah, it's absolutely essential because if you if you're if you can't scale your business up, you'll never really make very much money, and it also means you have to work every single day to earn the money that you're going to make that day. That's right. And that's it, right. you know, while that's absolutely fine, once you mm. start, I think it was, you know, once you start hitting your late thirties, early forties, you're like, well, I don't, I don't want to work that hard anymore. No. I don't want to spend more time, you know, but I, I saw how quickly, you know, our first one grew up and it, it just gone, you know, we're suddenly moving her into university and then moving her out of university. Exactly. Like, Where'd this time go? It's mad, isn't it? And yeah, you do, you, you, you miss you get that balance, right? Exactly, because otherwise, as you say, next thing you know, they're, they're older and they've got kids of their own, and you think, oh, I've missed all that, and I've I've been at work all the time. So, oh, and the book was part of that as well, because that's so the the motorbikes, motorbikes, cars, the things that go fast. That's my okay. my. It's a bit of an indulgence, but it's a passion. Mm. It's, it's what I really enjoy doing. It's what it what's what get the heart racing. You know, it's your airsoft. It's yeah, it's what gets the adrenaline pumping. It is. And, uh, you know, just to involve her in that, she loves sitting on the bikes. She's not too keen on hearing them at the moment. Too loud. <laughs> she gets a little bit scared. But other, you know, she, she'll, she'll tune into the she'll, she'll tune into the noise, and all of a sudden the air just won't phase her because she'll be like, "I'm around, Dad. Dad's got a bike." Which I saw on Facebook your newest bike. You I, don't, that, yeah, I yeah. don't. I'm not a bike person. I, I know a little bit about cars, but I would. Chris, Chris keeps sending me messages every so often, going. You got to get a bike license. You got to get a bike. My dad had a bike. He had um, he had a, a Yamaha and he had two BMWs. I think apart from that, I wouldn't be able to tell you what make or model they were, um, but they were quite big bikes. They weren't they weren't like yours. Is more of a sort of racing style bike. The two one, yeah, the Ducati's a, a sports bike. Yeah, yeah. it's um, it, it, I'll tell you what, it's you go through different bikes depending on what you want to do on them um, it's like cars it's like cars yeah. you go for a different car depending on where you are what you know what what, exactly. what time of life is you know whether you're having a midlife crisis or whether you, <laughs> or whether you need to bike so my, um, my latest my, you know my car the car i've got now and um, when i was sort of early 20s it, if my car was as loud as it could possibly be that was the aim that yeah. was the aim but today i found myself at the exhaust place going well I, I wouldn't mind it too loud, but can you make sure it's nice on the motorway? Mm. You know, I don't, I don't want it droning. So no, you see, no. you, you change as you go on. But uh, um, yeah, the speed thing's always been there. Unfortunately, there's nothing I can do about that. I keep trying <laughs> new stuff to try and get that fixed. I did. Uh, in fact, as soon as the as soon as lockdown ended, I did a couple of. Well, I did one flying lesson. Oh, nice. Because uh, I uh, well, I, I'd already looked into it. I was like, as far as I was concerned, that was it. I was going to go and get a pilot's yeah. license, do all mm. that stuff. Um, but yeah, that didn't really do it for me. Weirdly, I, I really? thought that would be, you know, up in an aeroplane because they mm. the thing whack along at a fair old lift. Um, but weirdly, it's the it's it's obviously the sensation of speed that gets mm. me going. So I'd rather be doing 30, 40 miles an hour on a motorbike than a couple of hundred in in, a, in an aeroplane. It's just it was actually terrifying. <laughs> it was just really 
people say motorbikes are dangerous, mate, wait until you're in a fiberglass thing with a couple of wings. I've got a friend of mine who lives locally. Yeah, I've got a friend of mine who lives locally who's got one of those. And yeah. he said a couple of times about maybe going in it. And I've not I've not taken him up on it, but I might do because it looks it's one of those things you can tick off. I've been on an aeroplane many times, but it's different than yeah, yeah. an aeroplane. But I've jumped out on one. However, yeah, but, oh, yeah, but I generally wouldn't go up in a in another micro light like that. No. It just it, it was terrifying. It, like, th- I was sitting in the thing thinking, oh, I'm not going to see Joji again. That sucks. <laughs> like, it's Bloody not hell. <laughs> I really didn't like it. Really didn't like it. Oh, wow. weirdly, there wasn't a lot of sensational speed up there either. No, nah, it's more of the height isn't it? And, and looking down, which I'm not, I'm okay with it. I'm not a massive fan of it. But motorbikes, um, I think I said, I passed my driving test when I was uh, 18 been 18 for a week i think it was and i passed my driving test and i said my dad had always ridden bikes when we were kids and he he'd written a couple of bikes off as well and the last time he rode it the bike it just looked like a pile of metal yeah he was he was fine he was absolutely fine and um i said oh i want to ride a motorbike and i said i'll tell you what 10 years after i've ridden the mo- i've driven the car i'll ride a motorbike and problem was by the time i got to about 28 28 29 my kids i'm not saying yeah. they're getting away but i just went oh, i don't know whether i want to get on the motorbike i'm not too sure and i put it off and put it off and put it off i i might do i might do, but, but, yeah, but again I'm not sure i'd have done it i'd have waited any longer so yeah. i i didn't do it while jess was younger mm. because you you, you want to be there you don't want to you don't want to miss anything you don't want to mess up you don't want her mm. worrying about the hospital or not coming back on your bike mm. so when she was older that's when i did the test but then as soon as josie came along i think if if she was here, I wouldn't have done a motorbike test. It, you know, because that risk is just... It's just there. Like, yeah, I'm, not, I'm not too keen on it right now. But because I'm now already riding them, yeah, and, it, you, know, you feel more comfortable. It niggles in the back of my mind, and I think, do you know what, I, something, I'd like to, something I'd like to do, and I, I'd like to go and do... Because I don't even know what's the first level of because you have to go through different well, CBT and CBT, different. Yeah, you can just do a day's training and jump on a one two five and just you know ride it around. There's some lovely little one two fives out there as well. I might just, go yeah, and my, do my that. My first little Herald, little UK manufacturer that imports these uh, these bikes from China and then zoops them up with their own quality bits. Yeah, and uh, it was a great looking little bike. Never, mm. never quite properly but i mean it, i learned about engines and carburetors and taking taking the thing half to pieces yeah. to try and fix it all the time um oh. but it's you know it's it's it, it's something that's actually easier than you think to get into mm. if you don't like it you're not really lost a lot you haven't I spent might, a lot on your bike yeah i you, might you probably spend a lot on the kit yeah that, that's what you do and that's you're always like, that's always jacket, the way helmet, yeah. jeans, boots yeah you've got to have, the, you've got to have good kit because if you don't have good kit then it just if you ever, you know, even if you don't have an accent, but you just you don't feel oh, comfortable. Yeah. You don't. And you got you got to look. You got to look the part rather than look like an imposter. You got to look look the business. And so I think so, uh, Charlie's now. She's like, well, you've got this new bike. It's totally different colour from any of my other bikes. So <laughs> none of my gear matches. And she's like, you have got to get new gear. Right? Yeah, sell all the gear. Oh, you. I bet you're like this. Oh, all right then. I'll go and get some other stuff. But, oh, but yeah. I'm I'm forty in two years, and I'm thinking that I need to. Not a need. I want to do something, and I and mm. I might, I might. I say this now. I'll see two years time where I think again. But I, I might go and do that. I might treat myself for my fortieth and just go and have a go because I, I might again. It's like with the flying thing. You say you, you're really interested in doing it. You, you don't want to do it again. I might go and ride a bike and go. 
no, this is not for me. Not you me. gotta try no. it. You gotta try it. It's like I do I do I do my airsoft. I absolutely love it. I went airsoft yesterday. My legs are bloody killing me today. <laughs> I, I I must have walked over eight kilometers yesterday, backwards and forwards, round the whole area. You know, it's all woodland, you know, and and and, and again, equipment. Um, I don't know why I'm speaking quietly because A, she's not here, and B, she'll probably agree with me. I probably spent over a grand. That's uh, if, if not more. Getting yourself ready for it, that's part yeah. of the fun. Any, yeah. any new hobby, it's getting involved in the stuff, learning about all the different bits and bobs you can buy. Mm. That, that's the bit that really gets you. I'm still learning about all the... Because from my... I, you know, I've, I've got a cars talk about cars as well yeah when i was when i was 18 i wanted a car that was nice and loud and it just i could blow my music out and i didn't really care what anyone thought and as i got older and then obviously i, I was in the police as well I'm, I'm dealing with people who are who've got loud cars and they've got blacked out windows and, and i'm thinking yeah I, I don't want this and then you have to have a car that's suitable for the kids carrying all the push chairs and i got rid of my audi because we can get the push chair in the back and it's only now in the last 18 months and because it's a work vehicle as well, I've got myself one of them Nissan Navaras. And I love, I love it. With There's no cabman on it. It's just a flat back with the bar. Yeah. And I absolutely love it. And it's it's black. Even all the um, bumpers and all the, all the stuff around the side is all black. There's no silver. There's no chrome, anything like that. It's my little Batmobile. It's got a yellow, um, bit of a yellow trim up the side. And then on the seating, the leather seats and it's got um, yellow stitching and it's got yellow stitching all around. So it's, it's, it's like the, it is the back. Yeah, yeah. um, but again, it, that will go, you know, you put your foot down, it will go, it's an automatic. Um, it's a 2.3. It will go 2.3. I think it's diesel. Yeah. 2.3 diesel. I think that's right. I have car enthusiasts and he can't have a 2.3 diesel, but it's diesel when it goes fast. Um, but it won't, it's not like, um, if you had a, a sports car, or like your, you got Jack. Have you got Jag? I've got a Jag. Yeah, yeah. I've got um, the, um, I've got the big one, the five liter one. It won't push like a Jag, but it, it's enough for me. And and where I live, it's suitable. Yeah. However, you know, with all these sorts of things, I I'm still learning about the mechanical parts of it. You know, with the airsoft yeah. guns, I've got a really good friend of mine, Neil, who's on my airsoft team, who. He he's gonna he's booked in. He's gonna come on in a few weeks' time and talk about airsoft. He knows the oh, he knows the in, the out. So they say the inside of a duck's ass or whatever it is about guns. He's taken all my weapons to pieces. He's upgraded them. He spent and that's the other thing as well. And you're probably fine with your your, your bikes and, and cars and stuff. It's when you pay for the upgrade bits on them as well. I mean, yeah. You find yourself going, well, how much is my car worth? Is it worth spending that money on my yeah. car? You never get it. And so you have yeah. to kind of this with, uh, you have it's to temper your hobby because hobby costs a lot of money. It does. And, and, and like, uh, for example, I bought a, uh, my wife, Kayla, bought me a, um, an airsoft sniper rifle for Christmas. So I've not because of because of lockdown, I've not been able to get out and use it. So I went to a private do a private uh, game last Saturday. And when you go in, like with cars, you have to get them tested so that they're running at the right speeds and within the legal limits. With the guns, they're either battery operated or gas operated. But this one, it literally is, it's a, it's bolt action. So you load it and it's got a spring inside. Anyway, 
I bought it. It got bought brand new. And when you buy all this stuff brand new, you've got to break it in. However, shooting it in your garden for a couple of hours doesn't doesn't do it. You've got to do it in all sorts of different weather conditions, etc. So long story short, I took it last week, got it tested. And they thought, oh, blimey. They said, this is almost like a this is almost like a military weapon. It's firing far too too hot, they call it, too, too much. And my friend Neil took it away. I then spent 70 quid getting um, parts for it. And blimey, if I'd sent it off for labour, it probably would have cost twice as much. But Neil's, he loves all that stuff. So he did it for nothing. He just loves it. Um, But I then took it back this weekend and it was firing within the limits. And, and, you know, you've got a gun's 200 quid plus the add-ons. Plus it it starts to mount up and mount up. And um, I've got a new friend of mine, a friend, not a new friend, but a friend of mine called Stuart who wants to play airsoft. And he went, well, how much do I need? And I went, how long's a piece of string? He said, "What do you yeah. mean?" I said, "I asked that same question to another guy I know who really helped me into airsoft, and he said you just keep doing it.' And every I'm on Facebook pages and pa- Facebook pages and Instagram pages, and people are advertising stuff, and our team are ambassadors for a various um, you know airsoft equipment, and they keep sending out." magazines and saying buy this or we'll give you money off and i'm like this i look for amazon every day i'm looking in amazon looking at all the all the different things i can add on and what i can and it does you know with all these hobbies it mounts up and mounts up and mounts up and i think i'd either have to give up airsoft or just have no other hobbies if i wanted to ride a bike because i know i'll I'll get well into it and i'll be buying loads of gear for it and then you know just but well, that's what you find, though, and this is why there's, the, you know, it's it's the myth of the midlife crisis, isn't it? But it, it's actually at this age we're at now that you can afford to do this stuff. You can take up something new. You mm. you can just bury yourself in it. You've got more time. You've got more money. You, mm. you know, you're ready to do it. In fact, my car now, I simply wouldn't have been able to get that. It would have cost me thousands in insurance. Mm. But you know, you you get older, and then suddenly you're at the right age. That's why you see the people driving Ferraris are usually, you know, either ridiculously rich or a lot older. My dad drives them. Mum and dad, they've got an X5. And he, he's had BMWs before. And my mum had a Mini. But again, you know, they're in their 60s. They didn't, they wouldn't yeah. ever anticipate getting someone like that until you're older because it's insurance is one of the things. Cost of the running, um, not necessarily fuel, but cost of parts of labor and, and servicing yeah. and, and ongoing costs. And then and then and then fuel on top. And you're driving, you know, you've got an X5, that's at least a three litre. So you, you you put your foot down, you put your foot down to to was it as my friend used to say, boom it up the road, and you spent 10 quid by putting your foot down to, yeah. to overtake somebody. So yeah, it's all it's all about that. But yeah. So um Another quick fire question for you. Um, what are your three top programs you've been watching at the moment? Do you watch a lot of telly? Yeah, no, I so I heard this on uh, on your other podcast. I mean, at the moment, honestly, if I've been completely honest, we're on uh, Teletubbies in the Night Garden, and <laughs> it's, the, uh, it's the three we've got. Now, the uh, we try and watch. We we're watching uh, Superstore, which is like an American twenty five minute. Yes, yeah, so we try. I mean, but we've been watching that for two years, and we're only on season four. Oh, mate! Um, and watch one of them every now and again when, yeah. like, just when we've got time. But we, because we both work from home and we're doing it around little one. Mm. If 
if you know she's gone down in the evening or she's out at nursery it's get some work done so we do a bit of work or it's actually spend a bit of time together because we don't get as much of that anymore um, or, or, or it's war zone less and less telly but or war zone yeah, yeah. <laughs> previously i was one in the you know game of thrones i watched the whole yeah. thing was one of my favorites absolutely loved house i think hugh laurie's a, an absolute genius mm-hmm. you know there's some there's some really good ones breaking bad we got well into we did watch you know the big 24 parts but mm-hmm. last couple of years just there's so much other stuff to do that telly's the the thing that's that's what's bit in the dust mm-hmm. but if we can get out to the cinema you know when that starts again i'll yeah. absolutely do that the um I, in fact i love movies so we've done uh, secret cinema have you heard of that a few times no no, cinema I can thoroughly recommend. It's an immersive, um, it's an immersive cinema experience. So they pick a film, and then they they send you, they direct you to a secret location. It's usually a whacking great warehouse or something like that. Um, so the most recent one we went to was Blade Runner, and oh. inside the warehouse they set up the the city from Blade Runner. Essentially, you move through the different zones oh, and wow. they have walking around, and, yeah. and they have missions to do and stuff. Um, yeah, absolutely incredible. So um, I, I do love cinema and I'll keep going to the cinema. Um, so more likely to be movies that I would watch if we do get a spare couple of hours rather mm-hmm. than rather than big, long series. But yeah, the telly, I mean, that when you when you start running out of time, telly is the one that goes because you just it's not as interesting. It's not as productive as anything else. OK, then yeah, three uh, favourite movies of all time. Oh, number one, Shawshank, Shawshank Redemption. Yeah, good I, film. I'd yeah. love to watch that film over and over again. Yeah. Um, the second one would have to be, um, well, it would be it would be sci-fi, mm-hmm. but I I wouldn't like to. I've never jumped on off the fence of Star Wars and Star Trek, so I would say it'd probably be either Star Trek Two or uh, Return of the Jedi. Return of yeah. the Jedi, absolutely love. Um, and yeah, Blade Runner, one of my all-time favourites. Charlie bought me that. She bought me the VIP tickets to go to this. Uh, oh, nice. to to this and it was just, I mean, I love that film anyway, yeah. uh, but that was incredible. Yeah, we uh, we just kind of rubbing shoulders with, uh, oh, Brian Cox was there. The, oh, uh, nice. The yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. weirdly, so the missus, um, we, we were being following around an actor and the actor set us a riddle and it was my missus up against Brian Cox and she, she solved the riddle before he did. Oh, nice. Oh, nice. Is he a professor? He's a professor, isn't he? He's, he's, he's slightly intelligent, that guy. Yeah, he's the, he's the. I, I, in fact, I think he's a physicist. I'm not sure quite what he is. Was he yeah, a physicist a, before he was in the band, or was he? Because he was in the band, wasn't he? Uh, well, I'm assuming he was in the band young, because he had long yeah, hair. Yeah, I was going to say, but he wasn't. He might. He's, he's, yeah. he's become a physicist, or he's become a scientist well, afterwards. Did, yeah. I imagine yeah. he was doing qualifications then. He must have been at uni then or he'd just finished. Yeah. Um, but he's, oh yeah, he's an absolute genius. Oh, and, he's, uh, you can listen and listen. And I'm, totally not I went, I went, I went, yeah, it's Brian Cox. And he went, uh, he went, no, it's not. And he showed his ID because you get into character for these things. Yeah. Dressed. <laughs> he showed his ID. He said, no, I'm probably. Uh, nice bloke just passing his black card off at the bar, his Black American Express. <laughs> yeah, oh, <no>. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard of that. That, I love films, and I think that I would love to do something like that. So it's Secret Cinema, did you say? Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, I mean, we've only been to the ones in London. I don't know if they do them anywhere else. But they, I mean, some of them, are Back to the Future, they did. Um, oh, my favourite film of all another time. Another all-time favourite yeah, film. Yeah, yeah. Um, they've, done, they've done a couple of the Star Wars ones. We went to see, um, oh, the one with the bomb. 
the uh, the 70s film, the one with the bomb. I can't remember what it's called. Um, but we've done we've done a few of these things now. They're really they're really. Oh, we did a James Bond as well. We did. Oh, nice. Royale. Oh, that was wicked. good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah up, going up to London. Yeah, that was oh, good. Nice. Oh, that's yeah, so I'll have to have a look for those. Have to have a look at those because that'd be something that I'd like to try and do. Because I say I love films, Back to the Future, oh, you know, all those sort of ones. So, um, last quick question for you. Uh, what's your favourite drink? Me? Oh, I'm a, well. I'm a, in fact, I'm a lager man, but I'm absolutely not a connoisseur. I'll drink it as long as it's not as long as it's not Stella, which is bizarre because a lot of my mates like Stella. It's the only lager I've ever met that I don't really like. Or we um, drink, drink Budweiser. I drink everything. I drink Bud. Yeah, I, yeah. I honestly don't care. It's terrible. I'm an absolute philistine. Um, I'll drink. <laughs> I'll be quite happy necking a can of Fosters. No problem at all. Um, well, no, I'll, I'll buy it. I'll have a gin tea. I'm a bit more discerning when it when it comes to gin and tonic. I like, <laughs> a, I like a bit of a Harvey's with a bit of grapefruit or a or a Tanqueray, especially with, with citrus in that. I'll like a nice gin tea. One for you to try. Uh, not not I'm not promoting them because I've got shares in them, but it's good. I've I've <laughs> um, introduced Chris and his wife to um, one called Waterhoot. So. It's a gin distillery, friends of mine, um, uh, up here in Norfolk, and uh, he was a he ran an IT company, sold his IT company, and then he and his wife started up a gin distillery in Kings Lynn, and oh, wow. and I sent I sent um, a bottle to Liz for her birthday, yeah. and uh, yeah, and they they bought some more, and I'm trying to push it down. So yeah, it's um, a really it nice. What's a hoot? It's all one what's word. What's a hoot? He's scribbling it down now. What's a hoot? Yeah. And it's I'll make really... more for trying gin. I'll get some of that. It's good stuff. It's good stuff. Yeah. Really good stuff. Really nice, uh, nice guys. And and it's all again. It's a it's a local oh, business. It's small, it's small business. Really nice. It sounds like he timed that absolutely perfectly because there was there's, there was a gin boom. I mean, I mm. I can't. I wasn't. I was a vodka drinker. Mm. almost exclusively and uh and then gin just seemed to come out of nowhere yeah. I, I so, wasn't a gin I, I didn't like gin at all and uh Michaela my wife said oh I like a gin try gin I'm like oh this tastes like piss I'm not drinking it and actually I started off with the flavoured gins yeah. and then I moved on to non-flavoured gins and and this Waterhoo they make I'm not promoting it out there but they make um their sort of signature one mm. and then they make navy strength which is like i'll probably get this wrong but it's between about 40 and 47 percent or something oh yeah and I, it, I, oh, I love it i I've, I've had some and i've not you know okay. you, so we were on the we were on warzone it was a night you weren't on i think it was saturday and so mm. it was just me on and pat and we were we were playing a bit of warzone and uh, I, I brought along what i thought was a gnt and yeah. uh and I, I started drinking this gnt and I was, I was on the mic just going, oh, there's something wrong with this. There's something gone wrong here. This just tastes like gin and water. So I've, I've phoned up Charlie. I've gone, it was tonic water you bought, wasn't it? She'd bought soda water. <laughs> and in there, drank it anyway, just drinking soda water and gin. <laughs> I don't know what it was. I was all right. That's fine. Like gin. Did it make you play any better? Uh, fun, funny enough, after a couple of those, I was, I was, uh, you know, not doing very well at all. Game over. <laughs> Generally crawling around on the floor waiting to be finished. Ah, yeah. oh, brilliant! Oh, oh, I've got to ask, mate. Is just, just let everybody again. You talked about, um, you talked about your business, and you talked about um, your, your book as well. Where can 
people find you just just let us know again where can people find the card shop and and if they want to buy a copy of your book um, yeah, thank you. um so my card shop website is www.thatcardshop.co.uk uh we call it that card shop um now if you um want to buy them on a third party website um ebay or amazon they're both on um thoughtful of there so i think mm-hmm. on anything you can just search for that card shop and you'll more often than not get directed to my stuff um if it's for the book i mean you can just type my daddy rides a motorbike now into into google and the first few results will definitely be my book um okay. it's uh yeah it's, it's out there and uh it's gonna be yeah we're gonna have to start promoting it it's the non-fun bit the marketing bit i like yeah. coming up and stuff and then you have to blim and sell them unfortunately and you've got so, i suppose yeah. like i suppose like you've got different events over the years where you'll be promoting so father's day mother's day <laughs> christmas yeah easter birthdays obviously all year round christmas you know all that sort of stuff so but that's it and this is, it, it, you end up working all year round even though it's quite seasonal because you sell mm. the most cards in kind of a two or three week period leading up to these events yeah. so um, christmas and so mm. you have this one of christmas valentine's and mother's day which is so you're just busy for three or four months mm-hmm. um, and then nothing at all and then you have father's day and then you have nothing at all until christmas but in in the middle of that you have to be really getting yourself ready getting your designs up getting your marketing in place mm. because as soon as it gets busy as soon as people are ready to buy them mm. you've got no time because then you, you're sending them all out so you, you have to do all this preparation and yeah if you have a check out that cardshop.co.uk now there's the the father's day cards are up there even though it's two two months away that reminds me that reminds me i need to buy one for my dad so that's just giving me a good reminder so are you on them um, are you on facebook as well for those uh, so yeah social media following um yeah slash that card shop i'm at captain Cardman on instagram um twitter um it's also at that card shop uh pinterest i'm on as well which seems to be massive in america but yeah i've got a uk followers but pinterest i'm there as well um but yeah and no, i haven't succumbed to tiktok just yet but you never <laughs> know if i start doing little videos of the book or something i might even appear on there We'll, we'll wait for TikTok when we all get together for curry and beers. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> Bish, thank you ever so much for coming on yeah, to today. To it's been really good and it's been really nice um, to talk to you on a one-to-one basis because normally there's at least two or three other people in the background <laughs> as well and there everyone comes on onto Warzone. But I really appreciate it, mate. So um, uh, the card shop and uh, my daddy rides a motorbike. So, yeah, get out there have a look and uh, uh get buying get buying some cards because they're, they're really really good they're really good so mate thank you ever so much for uh coming on today and i really appreciate it thank you very uh, much man i'll keep listening so that was episode six of spill the tea with jimmy c podcast with me your host jim and our amazing guest today james bishman bishop thank you very much and we'll see you all again soon thanks thanks for coming on mate cheers